This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. On this Independence Day weekend, our thoughts turn to our country and the patriots who have paid a great price for our freedoms. Please stay with us as we talk about the relationship between politics and religion in today's message. This is a final message from our Get a Grip sermon series. As we prepare to celebrate the 4th of July in America, our theme for today is Get a Grip on Citizenship. Stay with us. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Almighty and gracious God, we praise you for your generous faithfulness and steadfast love. We thank you for your acts of mercy and grace and the provision for our lives. As we gather around your word this day, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our salvation. Amen. Our reading for today is from Matthew chapter 22, beginning at verse 15. Then the Pharisees went out and laid plans to trap Jesus in his words. They sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians. Teacher, they said, we know that you're a man of integrity and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth, and you aren't swayed by men because you pay no attention to who they are. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus, knowing their evil intent, said, you hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? Show me the coin used for paying the tax. They brought him a denarius, and he asked them, Whose portrait is on this, and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then he said to them, Give to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. When they heard this, they were amazed, so they left him and went away. Dear friends, with America's Independence Day celebration just around the corner, I thought it'd be appropriate to look at getting a grip on citizenship. How are Christians to relate to government and country? We're going to talk about politics and religion today. These days, politics and religion are hot topics. Maybe they always have been, I suppose. Sometimes you're told to avoid bringing these things up at social gatherings, aren't you? Because they can make for some very lively conversation. People have strong opinions about these things. And rooms can get heated fast. And if you want to see real fireworks, ask about how these two things, politics and religion, work together. I do think that it's important, though, to have an understanding of how a follower of Jesus lives out his or her life in relationship to government. I mean, what does God expect from us? What does he want? If you're a Christian, you know that those of us who have come to know and trust Jesus are described in the New Testament as aliens and exiles and strangers and citizens of heaven and ambassadors for Christ. We have a a new situation, a dual citizenship working in our lives. So how does a citizen of God's kingdom conduct himself or herself as the citizen of a nation. Jesus has some great answers for us today in Matthew 22. 
As you probably know, he had very strong opposition to his earthly ministry. The religious authorities like the Pharisees and Sadducees, uh, they didn't know what to make of him. They didn't particularly like him. They saw him as trouble. And there were other groups like the Herodians who were in this story today, or kind of a quizzling sort of group that worked quietly in the background with the Roman government. They didn't like him either. But he was popular with the people. And that worried these uh, authorities. So they were constantly trying to wreck his ministry by questioning him and challenging his authority. They wanted to destroy him. In today's passage, we find them attempting to trick Jesus and make him look bad again. They challenge him with a question about, you got it, politics and religion. First of all, notice who it is that brings the question. The Herodians and the Pharisees, who didn't even like each other. They're on a far end of the spectrum from one another in terms of green on anything. But they they didn't like Jesus more, so they got together to knock Jesus off. They open their approach with some flattery to perhaps catch Jesus off guard before they go in for the kill with their question. They describe him as one with integrity and moral courage who knows and teaches the ways of God. It's only sweet talk. But then comes the tough question to discredit Jesus in the eyes of the people or to get him in trouble with the Roman government. Jesus, is it lawful for us as God's people to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we or shouldn't we pay those taxes? Now, a little historical background here would help. Paying that tax, which was one of three taxes, was a very sensitive issue of the day for those Jewish people. First of all, they hated Rome because Rome had taken over their land and was pushing them around. They were in subservience to Rome. That was bad enough, but then the Romans insisted on taxing them to keep the infrastructures going. And to make matters worse, the coinage that was used to pay this poll tax had an image of Caesar on it, declaring his divinity and his being a great high priest. It was propaganda that was offensive and blasphemous to the Jewish people who followed the one true God and his command of not making images. So these opponents of Jesus, when they brought this question to Jesus, thought they had him cornered. I mean, think about it. If he says, pay the tax, the haters of Rome, which is 99 percent of the Jewish population would now view him as unpatriotic and unfaithful to God, and they'd turn on him. But if he says, don't pay it, the Romans' authorities would say, destroy him, arrest him for sedition, inciting people to break the law. Well, Jesus, knowing their intent, responds by calling for that very coin, for the tax, a silver Roman denarius. He knew what was on that coin. He also knew that these People were being hypocrites that they would have one, this unclean coinage. They were using it. And he asked, whose head or whose inscription is on this coin? Whose portrait is there? Who does this coin belong to? It's Caesar's. Then his statement, then give to Caesar what's Caesar's and give to God what's God's. End of conversation. They're amazed. Jesus has escaped their intentions and they left him and went their way to plot for the next round. But there's more to this statement than mere intellectual and witty debating skills of Jesus. 
This is a statement that lays a foundation for the Christian perspective on exercising one's citizenship. Uh, so we're going to look at these principles and, that we find in these words for those of us who are citizens of God's kingdom. Jesus is saying, first of all, be a responsible, good citizen where you are. Pay the tax. William Barclay, a Bible scholar that I look up to, writes, any Christian has a double citizenship. He's a citizen of the country of the world in which he happens to live. And to that country, he owes many things. He owes the safety against lawless men, which only settled government can give. He owes all public services to the state. The Christian has a duty to the nation in order for the privilege which the nation brings to him. Respect and honor is due to the authority of that government. Jesus seems to be implying that here as he recognizes Caesar's authority. Give to Caesar what Caesar's. Actually, it makes sense. It's possible to see government as a gift. It keeps things together, holds things together. We don't want anarchy. We need law and order. I mean, look what happened over in Egypt recently. What a mess. Paul picks up on this theme Jesus gives us in Romans 13. He says, let every person be subject to the governing authorities. There's no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Government is God's idea. And then in 1 Timothy 2, he says, First, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and for all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. Pray for those in authority, Paul says, so that we might have dignified lives, that they may maintain order and uphold the law so that we can live peacefully. Jesus seems to be saying as well that allegiance to God and government is not necessarily incompatible then. It's, it's possible to have allegiance to a lesser authority because that authority has been instituted by a higher authority to whom we always answer to first, God. So it's possible to be a good Christian and a good American simultaneously. Patriotism is a, a good thing as long as it doesn't become idolatry where you're putting things above God. We are reminded in this passage that God and government are overlapping, yet distinct spheres, as Jesus talks about both of them as realities. When Jesus came into this world, opening his ministry, he said, The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the good news. Later on, as he's standing trial before Pilate, and Pilate says, what have you done that these people are so angry with you? Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. I'm not what they expected. See, Jesus didn't come to establish a new earthly government, a theocracy. He came to establish God's kingdom, a new reality. And we know that one day the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdom of our God. But until then, we have these distinct overlapping spheres Jesus is Lord, but his reign will come in its fullness at the end of the age. And while we wait for that great day to happen, you and I then live as responsible citizens where God has placed us, 
obeying the law, serving our nation, participating in making it work. But always with this in mind, that the state is not God. Jesus is saying that too. They are not one and the same. Give to Caesar what Caesar, give to God's what is God's. The state, the government is not God. You see, it's not divine. Human government is run by human beings and can easily be influenced by sin and greed and it's corrupt and less than perfect. It's not divine. The final implication being then that God and state are not equals according to Jesus. In the Pledge of Allegiance, we declare that. We are one nation under God. We owe our ultimate allegiance, our very lives, to God. So when we talk of love of God and country and duty to country, uh, to God and country, we remember as followers of Christ that we keep that order, God and country. The, the power of the state is legitimate, but it is limited. It's not God. We're bound to his will ultimately over everything else. We see that played out in the New Testament. Peter, James, and John are told to be quiet by the authorities in Acts chapter 4. Don't talk about Jesus anymore. And they said to those authorities, but our consciences are bound to God. We have to obey him and not you. Recently, I was watching a movie about Dietrich Bonhoeffer, that great Christian martyr during World War II, his involvement with trying to get rid of that evil leader, Adolf Hitler, get rid of him. They quoted during the interrogation, Romans 13, about submitting to the authorities. And Bonhoeffer's conscience was bound to a higher power. He held his own. That higher power of his was God. Martin Luther King said, the church must be reminded that it's not the master or the servant of the state, but rather the conscience of the state. It must be the guide and the critic of the state and never its tool. God then country. Giving God his due is always more important to the Christian than giving Caesar his due. Why can I say that? Because remember, Jesus asked, whose portrait is on this coin? And they said Caesar's, which means it belonged to Caesar. That word portrait is literally image, the Greek word icon. Then give back what belongs to Caesar, the things that are his, the coin, the honor, the respect. Interesting that same word image is used in describing God created human beings in Genesis 1.26 in his own image. We belong to him. God's image is on you and me. So when Jesus says give back to God what is his, he's talking about you, your whole self, all of you. He demands it all, a life of worship and devotion. Give back the coin that bears Caesar's image. Give it back, Jesus says. But you bear God's image. So give yourself back to God. Holding nothing back from him. I love this little statement I found. It says, if it is an offense to withhold taxes from the United States Treasury, how much more offensive is it to withhold what should be rendered to the one who made you from the king of the universe, the one whose image is stamped upon you? You might be able to hide a few things from the IRS, but you cannot hide from God. You belong to him. Give God all of who you are. He wants you. He came after you as his own to bring you home to himself 
When you were lost in your sinfulness, he gave his perfect obedient son to die on a cross to pay the penalty for your sins. Give yourself over to Christ and belong. Come home to God. And I would also say, if if you are in Christ, you have been bought with a price and his inscription is written all over you. You are a free child of God. And in response to that gift, then use your life to his honor. Loving him above all things. Loving him with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. When you think about it, this statement of Jesus then was his personal platform from which he operated himself. His program of obedience as citizen of the kingdom. Honoring government, but his ultimate allegiance to carrying out the will of God. Even being willing to go to a cross to save the likes of you and me. Wow. God, country, keep that order. Be a responsible citizen of this great land in which we live. But remember where your ultimate allegiance lies. The one who made you in his image, who redeemed you through his son, Jesus Christ. May his will be done in our lives and in this country. God owns you. His image is on you. You've been bought for eternity. Give the government, Caesar, the coins and the respect and the service that is due. But give God yourself without boundaries. God and country in that order. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, may we as followers of Jesus Christ be shining lights for you in our nation. May our actions first and foremost be faithful and obedient to you and your kingdom, pointing others to your grace and truth in Jesus Christ. But we also ask for your wisdom and your power as we participate as citizens of our country that we would be known for our love of country and neighbor as contributors to making this nation a better place for all. We ask these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Now, as you go on your way, may Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way, behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over, and within you to give you his peace. Amen. You have been worshiping with the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's message has encouraged you as you strive to be a responsible citizen of this great land in which we live while keeping in mind the focus of our ultimate allegiance. If Christian Crusaders helps meet your spiritual needs, we ask you to consider making a contribution to help pay for radio time. We hear from many people who consider this program to be of vital importance to their spiritual needs. Address your donations to Christian Crusaders, Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. Our toll-free telephone number is 1-888-MY-FAITH. That's one 
888-693-2484. In the Cedar Falls, Waterloo, Iowa area, dial 277-0924. Today's program can also be heard or read anytime online at our website, www.christiancrusaders.org where you can receive our program to your phone or other electronic device by podcast. Please make a note to visit us today. Christian Crusaders is dedicated to changing our world with the life-changing message of salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. As part of that mission, we earnestly desire your prayers for this ministry and urge you to share your concerns with us so we may lift you up in prayer as well. You can find a prayer request form on our website under the Is This For Me link. All concerns are kept confidential. We are happy you chose to worship with us this day, and we pray you will join us again next week on this station. Conducting our service was our speaker, the Reverend Steve Kramer, Senior Pastor of Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church in Afton, Minnesota. Christian Crusaders has been broadcasting biblical truth continuously since 1936.